tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country, where he squandered his inheritance on the life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck the country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods, on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hard workers have more than enough food to eat? But here I am, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast. Because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. His father sa- he said to his pro- father in reply, Look, All these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. And yet you never gave me a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughtered the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. And now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. While I am not a music aficionado like Father Aaron, 
I still do rather love me a musical or two, and in particular, probably my favorite is Les Mis, the story of Jean Valjean, a man who, at the beginning of the story, we meet. We meet 19 years coming to the end of 19 years of imprisonment. 19 years he was imprisoned, made a slave, because he stole a loaf of bread to feed his sister's child. So he has good reason, it seems, to be angry at the world. He has plenty of reason to be bitter at the situation he finds himself in and feels rather wronged. And so we meet him. And after he is released, he is obviously very poor, without anything. And one evening, he is brought in by a bishop, a bishop whose household feeds him, takes care of him, and gives him a bed. In thanksgiving for that kindness and that great good that is done to him, Jean Valjean does not say thank you, does not spend the night there even. In the middle of the night, he gets up, stills all the silver within the house, or at least most of it, and flees with it. And he is caught by some soldiers who do not believe a story that the bishop gave it to him, and he's brought back face to face with a man who he has just stolen from. And the bishop, much to his surprise, the Jean Valjean surprise, grants him and says, I did give it to him. This man has spoken truly. Let him go. And upon his release, the bishop challenges him, challenges him to be a good and wholesome man, to be an honest man, that he must use the gift that he has just been given, that silver, to become that good man. And the rest of the story is the working of that out in Jean Valjean's life. But he does experience a turning. He does experience a conversion, and he does indeed become that good man. This, too, is the story of the prodigal son. This is the story of the lost sheep. This is the story of the lost coin. And this is our story, too. Because ultimately, when the Lord talks about the 99 sheep who remain, he's not saying they are perfect. He's not actually saying they are righteous. But instead, he is calling out the Pharisees. He's calling out us. Because so often, what do we do? The sinners are out there. The sinner's outside of myself. The reality is, the sinner is me. The sinner is you. Each and every one of us is a sinner. People get tired of me making that point, but I don't care because it's true. Because it's true. We come into this life with nothing. Your existence is pure gift. And we have rebelled against God. We must acknowledge that. But the good news is, and this is the message of the gospel again and again, that's not something to beat us down, downtrod us, or to ultimately make us feel like trash. Instead, it is a reminder that the Lord who gave us our existence in the first place gives, us, gives it back to us again and again where we ask for his mercy, and more in return so often, that we who are ungrateful, we, who are so often bitter, are given back again and again the gift of our existence in newer and more profound ways than we could have ever imagined. Because I think that's the thing that the gospel makes incumbent upon us. Those difficult words we pray every time we pray the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We have been, who have been forgiven so much, so much, 
still hold a grudge against our brother or our sister. Still hold it against them, for whatever it may be. A parent who we don't think cared for us in the way we should have. A child who's been rebellious across the years. A friend who betrayed our trust. And even more so, I think, in some ways, and while this is not necessarily even something that's a sin against us, it's part of life. I see how people are bitter at their existence and how they need to have some mercy on the Lord. Again, not because he's done anything wrong, but because we're bitter. We're bitter that life hasn't worked out the way that we wanted, that the country is a mess, the world is a mess, the church is a mess. Blah, blah, blah. And so we get mad. We're upset. Because look at how unfair my life is. Look at how unfair my situation is. Look at how poor, poor me. We do it again and again. I do it again and again. But I always try to remember these words of wisdom that I once heard spoken to me. That in every situation, any time a problem arises, a trial, a suffering, that I should respond, good. Good. Why? Because if it's a problem, I have the opportunity to work with others to solve it. Because if it's a cross, I have an opportunity to offer that up for the salvation of my parishioners, for you. Because if people complain and say, I don't like this, Father, I have the opportunity to teach them, to explain, to explain why God should be praised above all else. I should say good. We should say good. Because the Lord gives us the opportunity to work out our salvation in those moments. Gives us the opportunity to follow him ever more closely to Calvary, which ultimately Calvary leads to the resurrection. We who are baptized into his death are also baptized into his resurrection. But instead we lament, we complain, and we moan. It is all gift. Your existence, your creation, is a gift. A gift to yourself and a gift to others. But is it a gift that must be treasured, must be protected? A gift that is given back to us again and again. Because the Lord has given us an existence. The Lord has given you a gift. And so often we refuse the gift. We sin. We become complacent. We grow better. And yet again and again we go into that confessional and the Lord gives us back what we probably have no what we have no right to ask for back. Just as the prodigal son recognizes he has no right to ask for his sonship back. He has no right to ask to be a son, and so he asks to simply be a hired worker. Just treat me as you would one of your servants, Father. He knows. Do not take this life for granted. Do not take your existence for granted, as we so often do. And I think also, do not take your Catholic faith for granted. So often I hear people lament, I don't like what's happening with beacons. I don't like what's happening to my Catholic school. Well, guess what? Look at our culture. Look at the society we live within. Look within your own heart. Over the past 50 years, we have 
utterly failed to reproduce vocations to the priesthood, to religious life. We have failed to have children. As many as what we should probably be open to. The birth rate, even in Shelby County, is declining. These are the facts. But yet, again and again, we try to always make it someone else's fault. But I think it's instructive for us if we listen to the words of St. Augustine. And St. Augustine lived at the time that the Roman Empire was falling. It was crumbling. Everything he had come to honor and hold dear in this life was disappearing. And so be very clear whenever he speaks these words. He's speaking from very, very good experience. But he says, people tell me that we live in evil times and that evil things surround us. And he said, true. And he says, the answer to that is to live good lives. And as we live good lives, we will become good people. And good people will make good times. It is upon you, no one else, to live good lives. It is upon me to live good lives. That is how the Lord makes us incumbent upon us. His mercy endures forever. It's extended to you again and again. So if you mess up, if you trip as soon as you walk out of the church, who cares? The next moment is a gift, too, that can be returned to the Father. Every moment, every second is a gift. And it is a gift that is to be given back again and again and again. The gift of our hearts is all he desires. What do I always say? I don't want butts in the pew. I want hearts on the altar. I want you to give back the gift that has been given to you. That is where we exist from, from the Father. We come from him and we return to him. And either we return to him willingly, with joy, and thus being rewarded, or we return unwillingly, non-servium, I will not serve, and ultimately separate ourselves from him forever. That is the path laid before us. Choose to serve him. And if you, again, if you mess up, take note from the prodigal son, take note from the lost sheep, take note from the lost coin. He rejoices to have you return, to find you once again. Never despair. Because despair is to despair of the gift that has been given to you. The gift is returned again and again and again. To us, and then thus, it should be returned to him again and again and again. The Lord offers you everything, so much. And again and again, he will return that gift to you. He will give you more than you can ever imagine. This life is so much more than to simply get by, than to build a bank account. Our souls, our lives can become adornments for God, examples of his love shining into the world, examples of his goodness that endure no matter what comes. This is the God we serve. So today, give him your heart. And in return, he will give you so much more.